What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in president-select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ringer Gambling Show. It's the Friday show, so I'm joined by Joe House. And House, it is the final week of the regular season. We have made it. I am so looking forward to the playoffs starting but we do have some betting opportunities that we have to get through and talk about. So how are you doing on this final show of the regular season? Sharpie, I have to tell you, I prepared myself for this week being a low energy, low quantity betting week, right? Because we there's there's so much weirdness around motivations. There's so much weirdness around COVID. We won't know until really, uh, I guess tomorrow afternoon, there's two games tomorrow, only one of which is, is of any consequence, truly. But Sunday morning, what, who's going out on the football field? What are the motivations? How are these seedings playing out? We just don't know and won't know. And yet, somehow, <laughs> I have managed, I have 10... 10 to 12 bets on my card right this second. I don't know how or why it just happened. I don't know what to did, tell you. Did this, let me ask you this. Did the time that these bets came in typically come after an alcoholic beverage in the evening or were these like first thing up? I dreamt of something overnight. I got a fire on this this morning. How did these wind onto your card? It's a little more in that, in that impulsive kind of mode, I will have to say. And I listened as I always do religiously to the Wednesday podcast between you and Ben Solak, the cheat code. And Solak used a word that just got my juices flowing. I mean, I, I, 
You know, I got the English major. Last week, we had a great debate about routes versus routes. Yep. And I think both work. Nobody really chimed in with a clarification, at least on my Twitter timeline. Um, but <laughs> Solak talked about a heuristic take. Um, and I my, my ears perked up. Now, he was talking about the Chiefs-Broncos game. And he said the, the heuristic take is, I'm just going with the better team and, uh, and I'm laying the points. And he called that his heuristic. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. So heuristic for all of our extremely educated, highly intellectual gambling guru buddies out there. I know all of you already know this, but it's, it's mental shortcuts, right? It's the things that we use to lighten the cognitive load when we're making decisions. And heuristic processing is you know, people's attitudes when their motivation to think about something is, is low, right? When you don't very, care very much about the outcome. Now, both of those things fit this week because this slate looks like something where we might just jump in and not, you know, deploy a whole ton of energy trying to make decisions. There's a bunch of double-digit favorites. We know that certain teams are incented to go out there and try and kick some ass. There are at least two teams that are playing for their playoff lives. Three teams, at least. Uh, you know, and then if you include Pittsburgh and Baltimore in there as well, that that, can, that gets you to five. So those games have a kind of intuition. You don't want to spend a whole bunch of of energy and a couple of the the, the bigger favorites. You feel like oh, I don't need to spend a ton of time noodling through all of the underlying metrics of of the Jets against the Bills, do I? Um, but here we are. One of the things that I love on the card as an example right away is the over in that Jets-Bills game. Why is that total so low? I don't know, but both of those teams have been scoring at a high rate the last several weeks. Let's go ahead and put a little taste on that game. Um, and that's just an example of, of the kinds of things that are out there that I'm going ahead and jumping in on. Then it's 41 is the total of Bills-Jets. Now, I didn't look and see whether or not we're going to have a four-foot blizzard you know, it snowed out here on the East Coast. Sharpie, please tell me you were not uh, caught on I-95. Uh, you know I wasn't. I'm, not, I'm sitting in front of my odd screen 24-7, so <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to catch myself dead in any traffic jams if possible. Yes, yes. but you, you get the gist of what I'm saying here, right? I get the gist of what you're saying. Let me ask you this. Like, I, I thought I've taught you better, though. To fire off a total in Buffalo in January without checking the weather forecast. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand. It is good guidance. It's just you know the the impulse of the moment. And I will and tell what, you. I will tell you uh, just to give you a shortcut here. So this game, although it sounds strange, a game Bills versus the Jets. It is at four o'clock. It is a late start on this game, and. The temperature is supposed to be 34 degrees. We are supposed to have rain in the early part of the day, but gone by 4 p.m. And wind 14 to 15 mile per hour with gusts 26 to 28 miles per hour. Well, that's not quite the same windstorm no. that the Bills and the Patriots played in. That's not whatsoever. More, that's not just whatsoever. like a, a windy day in Western New York. And I, you know, both the Bills and the Jets, I think, can handle those conditions. Yeah, um, I could tell you a very sharp group did come in here and lay the under when it was 44, 43 uh, in that range. 
But now it's down to 41 and the handicap changes a little bit. I won't argue with that. (laughs) Well, in in any event, look, uh, it is a unprecedented slate. The first time in the history of NFL that we're playing 18 weeks. My question to you, are you sad that it's over or are you so excited for these playoffs to arrive that you're ready to to flip the the, the switch? So it's weird, House, because most years at this point in the season, I am just ready for the postseason because always the postseason, it's like a second season. It's a very different way to handicap. There's fewer games. You could focus in more. I typically do really well. My group does really well betting in the postseason all the way to the Super Bowl. But most of the time, weeks like 14 and 15 and 16, by the time you get to that point, you're kind of like, man, let's just get the season over with. And of course, with COVID and all of the issues that that has brought upon us, it's just it's very difficult betting on these games. It's just so frustrating working for I don't think people understand like most people are probably listening to the show it's it's not your fault it's it's great like you have a regular job you come in and you fire off some bets when you want to you do a little bit of reading on twitter you read you do whatever handicapping your process needs to be but when you when this is your livelihood when this is what you do for a living and you work on certain games like before I'm moving on a game I'm putting in hours and hours of work, looking at all different details, trying to understand different things, who's going to be up, who's going to be down, um, late, latest trends of scoring and performance and coaching and play calling and all these different things. There's like a lot of things that factor into it. You have to consider a lot if you're going to be successful at this and hit at a high rate at this, which is what we've been doing. And and then when a game gets, you know, certain guys get announced out or the game gets moved or all. It's just it's just a pain in the ass. It's you feel like hours of work have gone by the wayside. It gets very frustrating. But I will say um, winning is a salve that cures everything. And this season has been incredible. So I really haven't been as like exhausted or run down or as tired as I would be typically in late December. Just get it over with. But I will just say this. The last two weeks of this season, I mean, the amount of bets that I've moved on early in the week are extremely small. Um, I usually bet very late, closer to the game day, and just getting all my information and my everything, the T's crossed and the I's dotted. I can't wait, though, for the playoffs. You know, once once we know the certain teams are there, all these teams are taking everything seriously, and we're probably going to get, I'm hoping less COVID outbreaks. We're tracking who has already popped positive so that we know up, well, if there is an outbreak, it's not going to affect this guy or that guy. And I'm going to feel much more confident firing early in the week. And uh, by the time our next Friday show comes around with you and I one week from today, I'll probably have multiple things that I've already fired on and, and shared with customers and feel really good about and can discuss on the show. Yeah. Well, speaking of sharing with customers, I'm going to shamelessly plug you because the playoff package is is upon us and you're offering up an, a, a sweet um, bargain right now. I think there, there's a good coupon out there, but like everybody should hear the, the betting package recommendations this season, 2021 with 64 and 41. That's 61%. That's way better than what you have to hit to make money in this business. It's what is it? 52 and a half percent, 53% to make money. That's on, on sides. And, and, and then on totals, the computer totals only 23 and five, like what the F is going on, brother. That, 
That, yeah. that computer, I mean, I you know, I want to put something, I want to get next to it. I'm, I'm sure you have it under lock and key. I Well, I do. There's been some funny stories about like my concerns with my computer model getting out there and, and, and leaking and other people looking at it. But um, it was actually 23 and four uh, before last week. We we ended up having the over in that Brown Steelers game on you Monday loser. night. And you loser. Lost by lost Fuck, by man. uh one point. It, we I had, had that over, over 41. As well. It yeah. landed 40. People say, Oh, you don't t- you don't talk about your losses enough. Well, I'm talking about a loss. We just don't lose very much. So <laughs> there's not as many times to talk about them. But that was a brutal one. And I will say this: like not knowing the fact that the Browns weren't going to care about that game was a factor in their effort, in my opinion, offensively. And helped cause the fact that they lost that game. I mean, they really, truly, why weren't they running? uh, Why weren't they using the running game a little bit more there? Why were they throwing everything on Baker Mayfield's shoulders? He was terrible. Like it just, it just was a a, a bad game. And if I had known, you know, that Baker and the Browns didn't have anything to gain with a win, you're probably not going to be going on and over right there. So at any rate, long story short, it has been a great year and you're right. uh, Playoff package is up. And I'll do this. You saw the deal that I offered to uh, my subscribers with the coupon code. I'll do this. Ringer 100 will get you 100 off oh! instead of just 75. So Ringer 100, I'll have to tell my guy to create that up on the system tonight. Boom. There we go. It's it's funny that we we were talking about the uncertainty of um, that that Brown Steelers and not knowing right up to the to the very moment and then being disappointed because... That is the perfect segue into my complaint about the Kansas City Chiefs last week, who really broke my heart. I mean, yeah. that, that was my bet the house selection. The bet the house was 11 and five going into last week. Now we're 11 and six. I would love to end the season at 12 and six. That that would be a nice 66% on the, the, the one wager I'm giving out each week uh, with our good pals at, at, at FanDuel. And I'm really, really, really inclined to get on the Chiefs again, Warren Sharp. Now, I'll let you talk me out of it, but last week really felt like an aberration in a whole bunch of ways. I listened to you and, and Solak break it down. The combination of the um, abnormal officiating at the end of that game, that played a role. The, the um, inflexibility of Spag's defensive concept up against a receiving core that is a unicorn in this league, coupled with Joey uh, covers Burrow out there, just absolutely. He, I mean, it, it was the spread and sh- it was the spread and shred, just the way Solak said it. But that felt like you know a a one of one kind of outcome. It really has not dissuaded me from the Chiefs and. Where we are with this Chiefs team on Saturday, it is the the lead-in game Saturday afternoon. God, I love Saturday afternoon football uh, in in January. It gives us all something to live for here on the East Coast when the snow's surrounding everything. Um, They are incented by every measure to go kick ass and do their very best to put themselves in a position to, to it's a slim chance to get catch that one seed. I think it's all the way down to like 21, 22% is their best opportunity, you know, best odds uh, to catch the one seed. But I think they're going to put the pedal to the metal and hammer the Broncos. I think they're going to hammer them. I mean, the line uh, I saw 
Yesterday was 10. I, it's some it's up, to, it's up, up to 11. I see and, even now yeah. 11 and a half. Is exactly. I, was, I think I saw 11 and a half as well. Um, I'm still okay with laying the points, but definitely they're in money line combinations all over the place. I just think they're just going to go out and, and hammer the Broncos. Now, interestingly, with that um, take uh, of mine, I also love the under in this game. I, I just... What 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 we've seen out of Drew Locke reminds us that he is not even a top tier backup quarterback. He is a bottom tier backup quarterback. This will be his third straight game. He's got an injured shoulder. That offense has been an abomination for weeks now. The first matchup between these teams went 22 to 9. I don't see why this game wouldn't fit that same script. I love something like you know, 24 to 10, an easy cover for the Chiefs. And then they they put themselves in a position to just enjoy Sunday. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think Drew Locke hasn't scored more than 13 points. Uh, this Browns team, this uh, ben, uh, Broncos team, rather, has not scored more than 13 points in three straight games. Um, their defense is still playing well, but Vic Fangio is gone. I mean, he he he's definitely gone. Uh, he's not going to be the coach anymore after, I don't know, would they fire him on a game on Saturday? Would they fire him Saturday night? Would they wait till Sunday? I don't know when they're going to officially say that he's gone. He's going to make somebody really happy as a good defensive coordinator somewhere. I'll just tell you that much. But um, he's not going to be the Broncos head coach anymore. This is their team's last chance, their defense's last chance to try to play hard for him. Um, and I expect that they probably will. I don't expect them to lay down completely, but you're right on the other side of the ball. What do you got? Who do you have? Um, we know that last week they were dealing with, I think Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick were both out with COVID. So who is going to be cleared and who's going to be up and able to play in this game for the Broncos at the receiver position. But I tend to agree. I know that this chief's defense was absolutely destroyed last week by Joe Burrow and by Jamar Chase. But that really was like a one-to-one, like throw it on a rope to my favorite wide receiver type game. That wasn't, I don't see Drew Locke having that level of connection with anybody on the Denver Broncos. And this overall Chiefs defense, I don't think is as bad as they showed in that game. That was just an absurd I, I'm guessing like one time this season we'll see a performance like that against this Chiefs defense. I don't think I don't see that being replicated here. So I would lean towards the under. Uh haven't played it. In terms of the side, though, there's just not enough motivation here. Um I- I'm wondering if the Chiefs don't look at the same game plan that they had before. You know, when you're playing against a team like the the the, the Bengals, we'll talk about the Bengals defense for another show. I don't even want to talk about it this show. But when you're playing a team like the Bengals defense and you're going up against an offense like the Bengals offense, you know you're going to have to score points and you know you're going to be able to score points because I think like the Chiefs didn't have any problem whatsoever scoring in the first half of that game. They were up like 28 to 14, 21 to 7. They were putting uh, up points. They were up by two touchdowns yeah. three different times in that game. Gosh, darn it. Yeah. So they 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 were able to score. It's a bad defense and it, it's a good offense. But they knew they had to keep going. They had to keep going or they were going to lose. And then, of course, they stopped going and they lost, right? The other, the Bengals came back on them. 
they know here they don't have to keep going. They don't have to get up to a huge lead in order to feel safe. And they know that this Broncos offense is not going to come back and just drop points all over them. So I think that they don't need to do a whole lot here. I would be surprised if they needed more than 26 points to win this game. And if they don't need to score more than 26, I don't know that Denver scoring over 20. Um, I think this game probably does fall very close. Right now, the total sits at 45 points. But I don't know if they win by enough of a margin here. I would lean a force to the Broncos, but I don't feel confident about it. I'm probably doing nothing on the side in this one. Um, and I'd be looking towards, towards the under. Now, if you remember, this was that game. It was a Sunday night game that my model showed massive value to the under. And this was like the sleeper of all sleepers. We won this thing going away. It wasn't even close. It was, but I forget the number that we took on that game. Uh, and it moved, it dropped precipitously. We had like six, five or six points of closing line value. I want to say it was something in that neighborhood. It was a ridiculous move here. This total is all the way down. I mean, they opened this thing at 43 and a half is the look ahead. It was 44 and a half at most spots yesterday. So they, they came prepared. They knew that uh, we smashed them on the under last time with these two teams and they opened it. So there's not as much value to want to run and back the under in my mind, but I would not be looking over here. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the chiefs have, have absolutely owned the Broncos They're The Mahomes is eight. No against them. Six and two against the spread. The chiefs them as a team have won 12 in a row against Denver. There's nothing to, to, to dissuade me from um you know using some kind of money line uh opportunity with Kansas City and I you know I, I'll lay I'll stay away from the number I did not bet the number it's not one of the dozen bets that I already put in the card <laughs> um what about Chiefs as a potential teaser leg all it gets you to is a, is four but that still feels like plenty against the Broncos tease the Chiefs from 10 no 11 down to uh, it depends on on your number. It's either ten to four or eleven to five. Not enough value. Um, I don't necessarily love teasers this week. Yeah, just in just in general, there's so much variance, and all the numbers are inflated. Like this number should not be in Denver. Are you kidding me? In Denver, the Chiefs are laying eleven points here. Like the number should not be this high, and thus teasing is not giving you the same amount of value they're giving you a major tax to take the chiefs here because it's a must-win situation to get that one seed even then they don't know if they're officially going to get it but the tax makes it so that there's not as much value on a teaser so generally speaking i don't really like teasing the final week of the nfl season um so not really interested there but um i will say like i did a a, a parlay last week you could parlay Week 17 to week 18 lookaheads. And so there's a couple of things I was able to parlay with the Kansas City Chiefs money line or the Kansas City Chiefs minus three, which was the look ahead. Uh, and so that that's obviously sitting really pretty right now, but I would not be looking to tease them uh, down. Okay. Well, let, let, let's move on. It sounds like, you know, it, it will be a good game to kick off week 18. I'm psyched to have it come on at 4.30 East Coast time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be a serious team with genuine Super Bowl aspiration and ambition, a legit, you know, per performer uh, deserving of the AFC one seed, even if they don't um, get it. So that's it's a good way to kick off the week 18 slate. 
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Couple other games of consequence I want to touch on with you. Got to talk about the 49ers and the Rams. Um, the 49ers are at the Rams. The Rams, I believe, are favored by four. Uh, and the total is 44 and a half. Is that what you're seeing out there? Yeah, four and a half and 44 and a half. Yeah, so there was four and a half and 44 and a half. The Rams uh, favored and they have everything to play for. Uh, if, they, if they win their division champs, they get a home game next weekend. They could be uh, the two seed or the three seed. If they lose and the Cardinals win, then the Rams are in a wild card spot, and that means probably tra traveling to Dallas. So that doesn't sound like a lot of fun for the Rams. They're motivated. Same thing 49ers. Win. They're in the playoffs if they win. They're the sixth seed. And, you know, they're probably um, going up against uh, either Arizona or uh, the Rams all over again, right? Um, if they lose, then they could be out unless the Saints lose as well. So two teams, highly motivated, division rivals. Um, and this is uh, one of those curious um, things about the NFC West. The the For whatever reason, Shanahan has owned, uh, Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay. He's six and three against the spread against him. Um, he's beaten him three straight times as a dog, including... Two months ago, a 31 to 10, just a whooping, a butt whooping. The Niners dominated every facet of the game. So the 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 thing I'm trying to get to the bottom of here, you know, uh, the Rams are on a little bit of a winning streak here. Five straight games. Um, here they are staring at a division clincher. Uh, and, you know, they they have some some good wins in in that five game stretch, and yet. Matthew Stafford, which Matthew Stafford are we going to get? He keeps throwing picks, six interceptions in the last three games. And, you know, I, I you guys have that stat of uh, turnover worthy throws. Uh, and I think it might be double that number of, of, of picks. Um, historically, he has a bad record against good teams in November or later. Now, that's almost certainly because he plays for Detroit. He played most of his career uh, up until this point, all of his career in, in, in Detroit. So I don't really put a lot of stock in that, you know, particular angle to this. But I just don't know if we could trust Matthew Stafford. Uh, I'm inclined to roll with Shanny and the Niners as a side. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that is the side of the sharp better to date. And I say to date because there was a little bit of a push up towards the Rams once it got down to four, primarily because of COVID. And right now we're seeing a massive outbreak in the 49ers secondary. 
Quan Williams, Jimmy Ward, Dante Johnson, and Ambry Thomas all have landed on the COVID list since January 3rd, which was Tuesday. Now, you got your five days. So guys that are on there on Tuesday or Wednesday can come off uh, by the time we get to Sunday. And so that would allow like Jimmy Ward and actually Dante Johnson and Quan Williams, those three, if they are feeling better, not 100%, but just feeling better, blowing below the level on the, or rubbing the nose <laughs> below the, the same level. same thing. The same thing. Uh, they'll be able to be out there on the field. So it's not necessarily a death, a death knell that they will lose all of these guys, but it is a factor. Now, you said we'll see which Matthew Stafford shows up here. It's basically what half is it? And I'll tell you which Matthew Stafford will show up here because in the first half of games, Matthew Stafford has been absolutely abysmal. And in the second half of games, he has been substantially better. This team since week seven, their last 10 games, he is fifth worst on first downs in the first half, 10th worst overall in the first half. But when you get to the second half, he's substantially better. And the fact that he's bad in the first half leads this team to not have leads at halftime. They've only led at halftime in four out of their last 10 games. And three of those halftime leads have come against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, and the Houston Texans. Those three teams currently rank number one, number two, and number three for draft pick status for 2022, which means they are the three worst teams in the NFL this year. So leading against those teams at halftime, no big feat. It's going to be interesting to see who is at quarterback. It looks like from obviously what we are hearing, it's probably going to be Trey Lance. Now, Jimmy G has done really well against the Rams defense. He's completed 68% of his passes. He's 5-0. He's averaging 8.1 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, only five interceptions. So he's done pretty well. He has five touchdowns and no interceptions and 9.9 yards per attempt uh, and 11.7 yards per attempt in those two games, respectively, the last two that he's played against the Rams. So Jimmy G has played well. Kyle has dialed up the right plays. It'll be fascinating to watch you talk about a tale of two halves. Trey Lance first half, not so great against the Texans. Trey Lance second half, significantly better. Do we get a rollover, a carryover effect of Trey Lance from he learned things in that second half. Kyle was coaching him a different way in that second half. Then they're going to make adjustments in this off week and they come back and he starts the game a lot more effectively like he ended it last week. That will be that remains to be seen. Uh, we do know, though, that if you have no DBs and you're going up against the Rams, probably not a recipe for success. I think this game's going to be fascinating. Um, if I'm looking to bet this game, I'm probably looking at a first half angle here and hoping that we get a slower, worse Matthew Stafford like he's been for most of the game, uh, most of the last 10 weeks, and we can bet against him in the first half as opposed to expect that he's going to be bad all the way through. My other thought process to the first half angle, which I have not bet yet, I'm waiting to see how many of these DBs are actually going to miss the game, because if a bunch of them are out, I don't really have any interest in betting the 49ers here. But would you want Trey Lance to try to go 30 minutes in a 0-0 tie game to start and just not fall behind by a large margin, maybe get a lead at some point? Or are you expecting that Lance may not cover the first half, a.k.a. it's a three and a half point line. 
So let's pretend he's down by seven or 10 or 13 points at halftime. Do we think that Trey Lance could come back in the second half when Matthew Stafford is typically really good? After Ma And if Matthew Stafford has such a lead, that means he might have started the game well, which he might get even better in the second half. I just don't really want to get involved with the Niners on a full game bet. I vastly think at this point in my thought process here, first half is far superior to full game. And that's where how I would bet this game were I to bet it. So let me ask you, uh, the line as it's currently sitting here at four, four and a half, absolutely contemplates Jimmy G playing, right? That's a Jimmy G line. You know, I don't know. I, I oh, really don't know. It seems, okay. it seems, I do think I agree with you that if Jimmy G is officially announced out, we will see under money and we will see Rams money. And so this might go to five, five and a half. This might go down to 44, 43 and a half. I mean, this is a good defense. The Rams don't have a bad defense here. It is not going to be easy for Trey Lance to come in here and just score points. You saw, you know, they weren't really trying to run like this read option style offense where he's only throwing the ball a little bit, but he's using a lot of the ground game to have some success. He was playing pocket quarterback football against uh, the Texans last week. So, you know, I would expect more of that to continue in this next game. Um, it's not going to be easy for them to put up a lot of points against the uh, Rams defense with with Trey Lance. But if this is contemplating Jimmy, as you're suggesting, when he gets announced out, I think you'll get a better number on the 49ers by waiting. Okay. Well, I, I like your um, first half angle quite a bit. And you, you will wait till Sunday either way because you wanted to have certainty around what that I mean, DB situation look, DB, is, right? This, the secondary was the weak link of the Niners to begin with. And yeah, if they've got a bunch right. of guys that are out with COVID, like I, I don't want to have anything to do with that when you've got Sean McVay pat, able to dial up his quarterback of choice in Matthew Stafford to pass the football down the field. I know Stafford hasn't been perfect by any stretch, but they've got the receivers, they've got the tight end, they've got the coach, and they've got the quarterback who will be able to put up some points against this type of secondary if they don't have players up there well you've convinced me this is a stay away uh i'll, I'll take a look maybe at the under depending on whatever that news um tends to be both on the trey lance side and however many of those dbs um don't play but this would just be a fun one to watch like a division rival you know these these, these two young stud coaches and you know all the storylines that go with it um will make it fun Third game of consequence this week. Speaking of fun and another game that I have absolutely no feel whatsoever. It is the Sunday night capper. The chargers are at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the chargers are minus three favorites at Vegas. The total looks like it's 49 and a half. This game, we understand the motivations. We don't have to go. We, the heuristic processing works on this win and you're in one team one of these two teams should win, notwithstanding all b bizarre outcomes. Now, there is a scenario where, isn't it, if if Jacksonville beats uh, the Colts, that both the Chargers and Vegas would make it if they tie. I that, think that I saw that That is 100% true. And I do think it's completely silly to assume that these teams would just kneel back and forth. It's a waste of breath to even discuss that. I know it's been joked about and it's funny and whatnot, but yes. these teams are not yes, obviously not going to be doing that. No, all, all I did 
was go ahead and this is one of the bets on my card. I, I bet 25 bucks on it because I spent $25 on worse things than this. <laughs> I, I paired the money line, the, the, the Jacksonville money line, which is like plus 550 or 600 or six. I don't remember now. I don't have it in front of me with the under in this Chargers Vegas game because, uh, you know, if, if indeed the, the, uh, the miracle Jags pull something out. I, I expect the Chargers in Vegas to not end up in a shootout kind of situation there. Um, but that was that that uh, parlay. I think pays off at like it's like plus twelve hundred or something ridiculous like that. So uh, anyhow, um, do you have any idea what the hell to expect out of the Las Vegas Raiders? That's where I'm going to start on this. Um, so the Raiders have been impressive and they're a team they sure i don't been. really know Man. how they're doing it i don't know how basaccia is getting this team to come to play every single week it kind of felt like you put a team in las vegas in general that like the bonds and the ties of these players are gonna not be as tight as maybe a team in in Kansas City or Cincinnati or some of these other you know towns where there maybe just isn't as much going on. Uh, the city of lights, the city that never sleeps. All these guys though are fighting for one another. I mean, it's really incredible when they're when they're not breaking the law, getting thrown in jail, or all the uh, other things that are befalling that city, DUI. that team, DUIs. I mean, ridiculousness. Uh, these guys really are playing hard. They're really playing well. Um, that being said, I mean, this is not a team that's actually, this, this is a, they're getting it done. They're not doing it impressively, right? Like I'm impressed by the fact that I'm shocked they're getting it done, but they're not like going out. There. I mean, let's put it into context. They come from behind, right? The, they, they come from behind to beat the 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 Colts late um and that was a Colts team that was playing with Carson Wentz not even practicing all week he's coming off of COVID they tried to just run the ball most of the game like they were able to win that game quite impressively but it wasn't an impressive victory it was impressive because I didn't think that they were going to win that game neither did a lot of people I did not tease them but a lot of people were teasing the Colts and of course the Raiders shut all those people up they beat Drew Locke in the Denver Broncos 17 to 13. They barely go into Cleveland in a game that shifted back from Sunday to Tuesday because Cleveland was having a massive COVID outbreak and are able to win that game by two points. Um, you know, th this Chargers team is not going to pull a Kansas City Chiefs on the Raiders. They're not going to blow out the Raiders here. This game is going to be fun to watch, in my opinion, on Sunday night. I'm looking forward to it. But I haven't bet anything here. I know there are some people that are waiting and maybe looking to try to back the uh, Raiders if Darren Waller is going to return. It's hard to say whether he is or not. I think he's continuing to practice on a limited basis. Um, he's going to probably try to make it back out there, do whatever he can. But, you know, do you want a 50% Waller who's just gutting it out for his team? if he's only going to be that 50% and not really able to contribute much. So I don't really have a strong take on this game house. I really don't. You don't um, have a perspective on the total then, because that was honestly the thing that was most sort of interesting to me. This game, notwithstanding the silly parlay, the 25 bucks um, that I, I put down on 
really it'll lose as soon as Jacksonville loses. But uh, th- this does feel like to me, all thing, all jokes aside, as as a as the best possible shootout candidate of of the entire Week 18 slate. And you know the the, the Chargers defense um, can't get off the field. They uh, have allowed 21 or more points in 11 of the last 12 games. Uh, but the Chargers on offense have been scoring. They're 28, uh, at least 28 points in five straight, averaging 34 points a game during that span. And and Justin Herbert, you know, should be able to take advantage of this Raiders secondary that's 25th in passing DVOA. And you know, I I, I can just um, see this right it, again. This is the heuristic take. We could see these two guys come out, throw the ball all over the field, up and down the field they go. Whoever has the ball last will will win the game. I mean, this is the way the Raiders are winning these games, these last second field goals. And it feels like a, you know, a, a 31 to 30 kind of outcome to me. And it breaks the hearts of, of all those Chargers fans um, uh, that will ha- not have traveled from L.A. to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and that Vegas crowd will be going crazy because it's it's been a pretty good home crowd. It feels like so. What what what's your vibe on on the total? So here's what I'll tell you. I obviously have this computer model that outputs what I think the totals should be. And this is one like this week when you look at the board and you see the totals that have been lined. There's so much that gets taken out of the number on the games that are actually lined versus the compute, the computation from the model, because the odds makers are looking at players that are sitting and lack of motivation and backups and all these different things. And so most of the totals that you see out here are rightfully depressed a little bit from a pure team A versus team B wants to try to win this game and is going to play all of its starters the whole game and not care about anything else than can we win this game, right? A pure game, you're going to see totals that are probably going to go over the Vegas number this week a lot more often. But because in this particular game, though, both teams are equally motivated and both teams are going to try to win this game. And my model, though, thinks that this is the right number for the game to be set at. So I don't actually see any value in going over this one. I do know that the Chargers have been going over, what, six, five straight? It looks like five straight, six of their last seven have gone over the total. Uh, They, after going under four straight to start the season, have gone over nine out of their last 12 games. So for certain, this is a more of an over team. Um, The issue becomes, what do we think that this Raiders team is going to do? If this is a must-win game and they know the weakness is to run defense, are they going to try to simply run the football here a fair amount, which chews up the clock? Um, Are they going to continue to take these long drives, converting on third downs and maintaining possession of the ball that will lean more towards an under, which we saw last week against the Indianapolis Colts, a game that obviously went under that total. So, I don't have any take on this total, but I could see what would benefit you, obviously, in a must-win game house is the Chargers have the ball in the second half and they're down by one. So they drive the length of the field, score a touchdown. Now the Raiders are down, so they get the ball. You can't have a situation where the Chargers are up in the second half by 10 points because if they get the ball, what do you think they're going to do? They're just going to try to 
win the game as opposed to score more points. Their goal at that point is to just try to get out of Dodge with the victory. And thus, I don't know that they have a, a, a desire to keep throwing the ball deep and scoring more points and creating a, a light show from that perspective. It'll be a Tom Brady, let's deflate this ball. Let's cake all the air out of the it ball be. and just try to yeah. lock it down. But right, that's right. That is the scenario under which the uh, under comes through. Well, I'm glad that we mentioned Tom Brady. I, I think I probably will play that total. Um, it will be, and I, and I might go ahead and, and, and do it now unless you you think there's any reason that it might move between now and Sunday morning. Um, no, we're pretty 49. much, it's, it's a weird total in that some people did come in and bet this thing over. But the total was at 48 and a half, and they bet it over at that number. So, you know, the key numbers in this range are 51 and 48. So they didn't wait for it to get hopefully bet under. They just bet it at that at that point. Um, so th- this is kind of a, I don't want to say it can't land 49 or can't land 50, but this is relatively a dead zone. So if you like the over, I mean, I doubt that this thing gets back down to 48. So. I would. I think you're okay to play this one right now. It's how I. Yeah, it's how I want to play my Sunday night. This episode is brought to you by Netsuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers: thirty-seven thousand, twenty-five, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. I'm glad that we talked a little bit about Tom Brady because now we're going to start talking a little bit about some games where there are individual player incentives um, and game scripts, game scenarios based off of these player incentives that I think have, you know, the, the, the capacity to decide not just the outcome, but also like, you know, how motivated. So Tampa is motivated to w- win this game against Carolina. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, there's the, the two seed is still out there for them. I think they would love to, to get the two seed and from their perspective, um, catch Philly, right. Philly is the, the, the most likely candidate there at the seven seed at the moment. Um, and there are a bunch of Brady and Gronk bonuses that are still in the offing here. So these are contract incentives. So Tom Brady needs to be top five in passer rating to earn himself another 560 grand. He needs to be top five in completion percentage 
uh, or yards per attempt to earn on top of that a whole nother 560 grand. And uh, well, that's it. That's it for him. Then Gronk, Gronk needs seven catches for 85 receiving yards to earn another million dollars. If he gets just the seven catches, that's $500,000. If he gets just the 85 yards, that's 500,000. That two, those two combined, that's a million bucks. So Brady is in shouting distance for both uh, the, the passer rating right now. He's eighth, um, but Kirk cousins. So Brady is eighth at 100.8 and cousins is fifth at 101.3. So Brady's within shouting distance, you know, cousins is just slightly ahead. So a good performance with a lot of good completions that could get Brady there on the passer rating. And the same would be true for completion percentage. He's right now he's 13th in, in both of those uh, categories, but you know, he more than anybody is motivated (laughs) by putting on a a, a performance. And I I think he's motivated by money as well. Um, I, I also, just love this situation with Carolina. Tampa's only favored by eight and a half, um, not double digits. And Tampa has been an abject, uh, not Tampa, Carolina has been an abject disaster now for several weeks. They haven't scored 20 points in their past three games. Um, I like the motivation for Brady and Gronk. I like the motivation for the two seed. I like Tampa going out and kicking ass. I'm going to play, I'm going to lay the eight and a half. I also like this as a teaser leg, even though you, you don't see any teaser value this week. Yeah. The only thing I would say is I would also contemplate the value of taking Tampa in the first half rather than the full game, simply because is there motivation for Tampa? I know you said for seeding, it could help and this and that, but like we don't yet know whether or not Bruce Arians is going to play his starters the entire game all the way through. They don't get a shot at the bye. Their bye was week nine of the season. Of the teams that are going to be playing in the wild card round in the NFC, most likely, that is one of the earliest buys of any of the teams. I think Dallas had a bye in week seven of the season. But Tampa, if you recall, Tampa last year, they had their bye really late. I want to say it was like week 12. It was one of the last buys of the NFL season last year. When they came out of that bye, They won like their four straight games and then they went to the playoffs and they were getting on track with their offense and whatever adjustments. This year has been very different. You know, this year they had that by week nine. And what's the biggest difference house between this Bucs team and what we thought this Bucs team was going to be entering the season? To me, it's the fact that or and what this Bucs team was last year during the postseason is health. This team was the healthiest team of the NFL last season. That's why they had all their 11 starters on both sides of the ball, basically healthy in the Super Bowl, which is why they won over a very injured Kansas City Chiefs offensive line that was completely devastated, which was why in the offseason they said, we're bringing all 22 of you guys back, which is why they were the first team in history to go the following year after a Super Bowl, bringing 11 starters offensively and 11 starters defensively back to the team. And what's happened? 
they've fallen apart with injuries. They're not healthy like they were last year. Everything has fallen completely off the rails. Mentally, it has to affect you as well. You thought you were going to bring back the same team from last year to go ahead and repeat. And that was the case for the first few weeks of the season. And all of a sudden, you lost the game to the Rams. And then halfway through the season, you start dealing with injuries. I know they probably want to win. I know they probably absolutely want to, you know, they. I, I feel like they've erased that zero to nine loss against the Saints three weeks ago out of their mouth. They washed that taste out of their mouth. We beat the Carolina Panthers, beat the Jets. Is there really a motivation to win this game by a massive margin? I think they come out and play hard. Brady needs to get some comfort level with some of the younger receivers, but I don't know that you do that for all four quarters. If Brady wants to play and Bruce says, okay, then they probably do. If Brady doesn't care, Bruce, you saw him. He wanted to yank Tom. He's like, stop running. Stop that running shit. Like off over the sidelines. He doesn't want Brady to get hurt. He knows that there's no way that you can do anything in the playoffs without a healthy Tom Brady. I don't see why, because they don't have a bye next week, they wouldn't try to rest him. That's what I would think that they would be looking to do here. Um, so for that reason, I would say the first half might have a little bit more value than the full game. But you never know with some of these coaches and, and, and veteran quarterbacks who might have some say over the game plan, uh, especially a coach like B.A., who is so cool and usually easygoing and okay with letting the players help decide. But I'll tell you this, the other factor here, too, is that you know, there probably is a little element of like, uh, man, we got away with a close one against the Jets. Let's come out here. And if we can put in a great first half, we'll just shut it down. But if we can't put in a great first half, if we don't look that great in the first half, we're going to play all four quarters. We've got to get our team back on track. So that could be a factor as well here. I know you don't want to go into the playoffs not playing good football. And they did not play good football for most of the game last week against the Jets. And if they don't play good football in the first half of the game against the Panthers, I would be shocked if they don't keep trying to get things back on track in that second half. Yeah, and that that would be a reason why you might get yourself comfortable with a tease that goes eight and a half to two and a half. Then it's just Tampa winning by a field goal. And, you know, you could do a, a full unit on on a first half number and then have a tiny little bit on 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 a on a smaller on a teaser um, for the, for the game, um, and protect yourself that way. If that's, that's the inclination. Uh, we already talked about this bills jets game and the over that I like, and I'm glad that the weather supports it. I just want to mention, uh, Spon Diggs has a couple of incentives, um, out there and they are gigantic. He has a $1.55 million, uh, bonus out there. If he gets six catches, so I I think he, I think Stephon Diggs will get six catches against the Jets uh, on uh, Sunday afternoon, and then he needs 231 receiving yards for another 1.55 million. Now that one feels like a stretch, but you know what if what if Josh Allen and Stephon just decide, look, we're gonna we're gonna go for it. Now they will not put the the their their, their you know playoff fortunes at risk to go for these incentives for, for Mr. Diggs, but the, the six catches feels like a layup. And that's another reason why I, I like the over in this bills jets game. I like these incentives lining up um, where, where, you know, Josh Allen could do something for his guy. The jets have been scoring points, by the way, quietly impressed over these last handful of weeks with Mr. Zach Wilson. 
Do you and Solak get a chance to talk about Mr. Zach Wilson at all? We did not really discuss Zach, no. <laughs> well, we'll just leave it at that. That's fine. Um, I, 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 It does look like some stuff is is clicking with him, and that Jets offense has looked spunky, right? They're playing Lies very more. creatively. They're dialing yeah. up a lot of things that are catching defenses off guard. They are playing very creatively, and they are having success early in games, produ- producing points. So maybe, maybe there will be points this week. I, I I like the the over in that game. It's a tiny, teeny, tiny total. The Bills uh, are favored by, what's the number now? Is it 16 and a half? It's a gigantic number. Yeah, the Bills are favored by 16. It's it's come down to 16 at most spots, but there are a couple 16 and a half still up there. So that's absurd as a line against a total of only only 41, unless there's some like hurricane conditions. Yeah, I mean or the, the team total on the Jets is 13 and a half. I mean that's another one to play. I, I team, maybe here, here's the, one for you: the first yeah. half team total yes. on the Jets. Yes, yes, six now and we're a half. Talking. Six and a half. Let's do this. <laughs> what an early touchdown! One touchdown in the, game. in the first half. Well, let's cash a ticket. Let's cash first half Jets. That might be my. My bet that might be bet the house. That might be the bet of the week. It's so bad. Speaking of so bad, we've talked every single gosh darn week about the AFC North. We have we're gonna finish off the today's conversation with the Steelers and the Ravens. That game still has there are still mathematical possibilities where either one of those teams could make the playoffs under certain scenarios. Um that that game, uh, what the, the the Ravens are favored. It's been moving between four and six, and it's coming you know, down. Yeah, it? it's coming down yeah. a little bit. It's not down to five at most spots. Um, with a lot of questionable motivation for the Ravens, and who is even going to be able to play in that game for them due to health? Yes, exactly. And the same, you know, true. We know now. Uh, I think that both Deontay Johnson and Kendrick Green for the Steelers are either already declared out or unlikely to, to play because of the COVID. Correct. Yeah. So the, 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 the thing that I like about this game, uh, I'm not going to mess with the, the, the side. These games are always like one score games. There's a historical rivalry here. It's terrific. It's, it's always fun. The AFC North playing at the end of the season like this, this is ben, big Ben's p- potential parting shot. Um, Pittsburgh five and zero against the spread. Uh, as a dog, um, when either team in this rivalry is favored by more than a field goal, the underdog is 17 and two uh, against the spread. Pittsburgh five and zero as a dog with three outright wins. That that those are all you know elements that factor in here. I'm just gonna play the under. I I we've seen so much of of both of these teams. What feels like a a, a whole lifetime over the past. Six weeks. The total is—is is it still at forty-one and a half? Uh, the current total is forty-one and a half. Yes, I'm yeah. forty-two. So a couple forty-two out west. Oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think the total will move based on personnel information that comes due on Sunday morning? I'll just say this: forty-one and a half is an important number, right? Because forty-one is a very key number. The next closest key is a 43. If somebody comes in and whacks this over, uh, yeah, you're probably going to get it up to 43 and you could go under that. But you, I don't know that you would want to risk missing the 41 in case they do the other thing and whack it under because 41 is just such a, such a key number here. Um, and you know, the Steelers offense, definitely their number one receiver, that's going to, 
take a boost out of their you know system. And we know the Ravens are very good against the run. How did the Steelers win their game against the Browns? It wasn't by Big Ben. That was an embarrassing performance. I was so happy that he won the game for the history and for the aftermath so we could watch it. But that was a gross performance. It was people were mocking it, you know, on on Twitter. I know you um, had had the completion prop and it was like 22 and a half, I yeah. think. And he, he got, got there barely. Well, he he had nearly all of it in the first half. I I, I think he had three completions in the second half. If I, I mean, yeah, we was... took over 22 and a half completions and he landed on 24, I believe, <laughs> right. but he threw the ball like 45 times or yes. something insane. Yes. Um, and at first it was all these high percentage things to his credit. The receivers were dropping a ton of balls as well. It's but, true. Uh, that, that I, I wouldn't argue with you on that one. Um, you know, the pure numbers, if both teams were at hundred percent and playing to win here, I would have a number that's higher than 41 and a half. But understanding the circumstances here, um, you know, with both teams, a slight chance of making the playoffs, you know, you're, you're sort of in part playing not to lose this game, right? Like you might come out and say, we want to win. At some point you're like, hey, let's just do what we need to and, and shut down this other crappy offense and try not to lose this one. Well, you just described my, my betting ticket for the week, which is let's play not to lose. There's a lot. We covered a bunch of angles. We covered a bunch of incentives. We've covered some motivations. Um, that 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 that's virtually sort of all of the angles I'm going to play. I probably will play a big bully money line parlay. I'll probably money. I'll probably parlay the Bucks alongside Kansas City alongside Buffalo. Um, and I think that's like a. Uh, uh, what is that? Minus one thirty or something like that. Um, it's it's it it doesn't get you to even money, um, but something like that. I I'm I'll tell you the games I'm staying away from. I don't want any part of Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Um, I don't like the I, I'm a, I'm afraid of the Texans this week. Notwithstanding, yeah, they they just they won two out of three lately. Like I, there are a bunch of double digit favorites that I just don't want any any part of because I'm afraid of again all of these unknowns with the motivations and the incentives. Uh, I look. There are going to be spots on Sunday that you will find where things are just out of whack and you could bet them. But keeping a lighter card in week 18 rather than a heavy card is probably the strategy that most people out there should be looking to take because unfortunately, most people don't have access to all the types of information that we sometimes are sent on Sunday morning that ends up being really strong. And we want a bigger bankroll for the playoffs, which are right around the corner. Big things are happening, Warren Sharp. Week 18 will be in the books. We'll be reconvened one week from right now, and it will be the sweetest time of the year. It will be playoff time. I'll be thinking about a menu for the first weekend of the playoffs, and then, you know, we it's a great six-game slate. It's just amazing. Week one and week two of the playoffs, these delicious, delightful six-game slates I might have to have a six-course meal for each one. It's going to be fun. I cannot wait till the playoffs start. And, you know, I'll see you on board. I will probably be firing. You'll see it uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, just firing away on some uh, early NFL playoff stuff. Really looking forward to that. So, well, certainly yeah. happy. Everybody certainly happy it. that we're at that point. Yeah, hit, hit Ringer 100 on the playoff package, right? Yeah, don't miss out. Ringer 100. Get your $100 off of the playoff package over at Sharp Football Analysis. And 
We obviously appreciate you and appreciate everyone else for listening. We'll be back Monday to recap week 18 with Chris Vernon. Thanks to Joe House, of course, for joining me. Thanks to Mike Wargon and Craig Holbrook for producing the show. We'll see you guys on Monday. Best of luck as we close out the regular season. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.